For those of you who have been to foreign wars, Australia, Gulf, Penzik, when you're there, don that purple. You are part of the Kalantir army. Now one would think, knowing the known world, that an army would be filled with fighters. But our army is much more than that. When they march into that battle, there are four banners with them. Understandably, the Iren Hirth and the Iren Feared banners, the warrior orders are carried with them. But they also carry the Boga Hirth and the Boga Feared, my orders, target archers, who do not even take the field with them. And I am so honored. And so I don the purple and carry the water or help out in the soup kitchen when I can. And truly, everyone who can be included in that army is. The fourth company of that army is the water bearers. Not bear, sword, and shield against the enemy, but they are a part of that army. Our battle standard carries the signature of the soup kitchen on it. Those who prepare the food afterwards are a part of that army. Those who bear cameras to take pictures of us are put in those tabards because they are a part of that army. Because when we move, it is like our nation as one at war. It was not always necessarily so. One day, an ancient day long ago, we were not even necessarily a region. When the first of three miracles that I will relate to you occurred. Now in this ancient, ancient day, a man, a young man, was working on this mechanical device, which had a rotating head, apparently. And as he worked on this mechanical device, someone rotated that head and it caught him. Cut him across his middle, opened up his shoulder till only the muscles and tendons of his back held his arm to his body. And this is where the first miracle occurs. For he lived. And you might say, Dolan, I have heard of people having horrible injuries and living. How is this a miracle? Well, not only did he live, but the foolish army that he worked for, called the U.S. Army, cast him aside, thinking he is no longer a warrior. And then he came to Kalantir and found that he was a warrior indeed. And we know him by his name, Pavel Yosevich. And he came amongst us, and he was a fire. He brought people spirit of fighting that they had not quite seen before. And he went far and wide, seeking out battle wherever he could. And one day, he heard of a war where hundreds could fight on the same field at the same time. So many he had never thought possible. And this place was called Penzik. And so he went to this Penzik war. And there, truly, there were hundreds over a hundred on each side, fighting on one field, and he was so amazed. But the best thing about Penzik, he thought, when he came back, he told his friends, you don't understand how great it is to fight there. And they're like, well, yeah, there's a lot of people, but no, 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 when you hit someone here in Kalantir, it goes thunk. But there are these guys at Penzik called the Tuchucks, and when you hit them, it goes splat. And he loved that. And so he went, and his enthusiasm brought more and more each year to this Penzik War. And then finally, on the eve of our becoming a kingdom, when we were still a principality, a great Kalan host went to that war, and Pavel among them. And Master Krag stood up and said, 
We will show the known world that we are ready to stand as one as a kingdom. Now, anything could have happened. I have seen kingdoms come in, and that same sort of talk is given. But a miracle occurred, a second miracle. For now, Pavel is with us with his inspiration and fire. But something else, unexpected, occurs. For you see, on the first field battle, though he had surely gone, yes, we will fight as one. When the battle was ready to go, he looked up, and there were the Tuchaks. And they called Leon, and Pavel just could not help himself. He just rushed forward. He boomed. He actually boomed. I understand. You find this hard to believe. But back in those days, he could boom, and boomed much more than the army ever expected. For the next thing they knew, he was into the Tuchaks, laying them out all over the place. And they were stunned. Here, the army was still coming up, and their middle was just destroyed. And so they fell back, which almost never happens. And an exultant Pavel turned, lifted up his sword like some Olympian, like some hero from the Bible with the jawbone of an ass, and was like, Aah! and that is when this miracle occurs. For the warrior, the Tuchuk warrior directly below Pavel, was in fact already dead. I was in fealty to Valens when he first related this story to me. How could I not believe my king? And so suddenly, given life back again, perhaps by Loki or Thor or the One God, as many believe, this Tuchuk looked up with life renewed in him and saw his enemy, braced himself and struck with all of his Tuchuk might up, straight up, straight up into that protection that men hold most dear and splitting that protection and sending Pavel to Yon Hospital. And so he comes back to the battle. He can't fight. He can barely sit. But as he stands by the side of the battle, he's forced to think and watch. And as he watches and thinks about what he is seeing there, an idea comes to him. An idea that we might form a wall of shields, with spears and pole arms behind talks to his friends and they, oh yes, this is excellent. For what battle is he watching but the bridge battle? Oh, this will work great. And so they go back home and not only do they make these great shields, but they practice and practice as a unit, a solid kingdom fighting together as one. And they take this idea back to Penzik with them. For this is where it all comes together. At that same bridge battle a year later, the greatest war in the known world, the newest and littlest of kingdoms. Kalantir is given one of the bridges along with some of the other allies. And at some point we say, hey, we've got this new shield wall thing. We'd really like to try it out. And they're like, sure, why not? Nobody would ever seen anything like this before. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, bang, bang, bang. They're falling. They can't figure out what to do, how to get around these shields. They don't understand. The bridge is ours, all of it and they cannot assail it. The East Kingdom decides, all right, there's two more bridges left. We'll try the far bridge. Into the far bridge, the narrowest of bridges they go. We still had enough scutums to hold that bridge for sure to spare. And so again, and if somewhere around halfway across that bridge, the East realizing what's going on says, hold, 
They can't do that. The marshals read the rule book, flip, 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 flip. Nothing about that here. Lay on. Second bridge, ours. Finally, they decide to put everything they have into the middle bridge. The middle kingdom is giving way. And our commander and those who are left, the most skillful of them, help form another wall of shields with whatever they can get. And slowly but surely, they make their way across that bridge and hold it. And a battle, which had only lasted a half an hour, 45 minutes in every previous year, took the full two hours for which it was allotted. And at the end of that battle, the newest of kingdoms, the littlest of kingdoms, the least of kingdoms, Kalantir held all three bridges at the greatest war in the known world. And after that, how could we not form behind such an army? But I tell you that story to tell you another. It was a dark and stormy night. No, really, we have those occasionally because we hold this war in Missouri in June. And, and there was this anomaly going on. You see, Pavel Yosevich, somewhat older now, was foolishly in his own bed, early, with his wife. <laughs> and, leaning his hand against a metal tent pole during a lightning storm. Now, there's a skald who dwelt here, uh, and he would hold that uh, Thor simply missed his target, simply mistook one for the other, for, for he himself was holding forth in a tent, mocking the lightning and the rain because he had this new song he wanted to sing for his friends who he brought from Anstiora. And finally, not being able to really overpower the storm, he decided to sing it anyway, and it's called Loki's Song. And it is now not allowed to be sung at our Lily's War because it is thought to bring storms. In any event, the lightning bolt came down just as he's reaching the crescendo of the song. But it finds instead this metal tent pole where Pavel is now. You may notice a pattern here. Every time one of these miracles occurs for Kalantir that I've spoken of, Pavel gets hurt. So I myself think it falls more into the latter case. You may judge. For Pavel, and I say this truly now, it's not quite been the same ever since. His health was sorely affected, and I do not wish to make light of that. However, his spirit just could not keep himself back. June, the lightning strike came. August was too soon afterwards. His health still not up for it. But the next war after that, he thought he would go to, and that was the Estrella War. And there he went and strove on the broken field battle of the first day, but too tired. His health not quite back to him sat in camp as the army marched off under General Fernando. And it marched down into a sandpit where there was a fortress. And at this fortress, they had devised a scenario wherein the forces within had a limited number of what they call resurrections, and the forces without had unlimited numbers. And when they devised their strategy to attack this fort, they said, there's no way the force with this scenario can stay within and defend itself. All we have to do is give ourselves up, get in one good strike, and then go back again. As long as we keep doing that, eventually they will run out of numbers. And even though we were the smaller force and attacking, we were victorious on this first time. 
and then the sides were switched. And Kalantir, having brought an unusually large number of people this particular year to Australia War, perhaps the fire and drive of Fernando, perhaps Pavel had goaded a few into coming as well. And they said, you have such numbers and your shield wall so good at holding a gate, we will give you the large gate, the main gate of the fortress. And Fernando came back to his men and said, they have given us a gate we cannot hold, but we will show them this day what the shield wall can do, and we will hold it as long as any is able. And he went to each one and said, if you begin to tire and you are taken, wait for your strength to come back, and if there's still a resurrection later when you are full of health, come back to us and join us again in the fray. And he set up kill pockets, and his sub-commanders also arranged the shield wall as well as they might. And the host of our enemy decided they would make a point of taking that gate from us. And so they charged repeatedly into the gate over and again. And at one point, Fernando was heard to say, we are wearing ourselves out. We are being wounded and, and winded when we are struck with these charges. Kill them slower. And indeed, the song that has come from that battle says, kill them twice as slow. And you might say, Dolan, okay, an impressive battle it might have been. Armies are proud of their victories. Certainly you would tell us such a thing. No, soldiers who were there took pieces of earth from inside that fortress back with them, so amazed were they at what they had done. And our enemies, Aitenveld, whose fortress it was, and the duke whose name was on that gate came to us and said, Kalantir, for what you have done this day, we would have you rename that gate. And the army had marched that day to the war in the name of their Queen Phaedra. And so it is known in story and song as Queen Phaedra's gate. And so the story came back to the camp. And there was Pavel, the foundation of that shield wall. And he had not been there. And as the stories and songs were sung, a sadness came to him that he could not be with his fellow warriors on that day. And it grew. But in the next year, Calentir had a wise king come to the throne, Fernando Rodriguez de Falcón. And from that falcon throne, he called Pavel before him. And Pavel knelt before his king. And Fernando looked and said, Pavel, I have heard that you are sad because you were not there at the Battle of Phaedra's Gate. Pavel nods, the sadness obvious. Fernando shaking his head. Not there? You were there in every shield and every spear point. You are the foundation of that shield wall. Who of us who commanded on that day did not learn at your side? You are the teacher of the generals of this army. Now I'm told that there was a phrase in Latin attached to that, and a, a token was given, I think, and, and the scroll must have been beauteous, but somehow it was somewhat hard to see. And though the herald's voice boomed, the words of that strong king rang too well in our ears. And as we looked on, this warrior, this general, this one who had endured so much, Pavel wept, and we, we of Kalantir wept with him in our joy. Oh.